like I'm on the Heisman watch. That's gotta be what would describe, symbolize I've got. Skill, four times the talent around me. Desmond Howard playing for Howard, just tell me how can I be stopped? This Allen Ivy at an Ivy cottage. They can't check me. I don't practice my class too hard. Look at me, my swag is grown. Okay, 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 okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? And welcome to episode 95 of Electrified. Let me say it one more time. 95 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been... Not even a long week, but just a long, like, what, 48 hours, I should say. But a lot has changed since we last talked on Tuesday. It feels like it's been three weeks since the last time we talked. It feels like so much has happened since Tuesday, man. And you guys know, I don't have to say it. Uh, We know what's going on, and that's exactly why I didn't want to talk about any of it. I felt like it was no need to You know we've been watching ESPN We've been watching the news We've been on social media We know what's going on Uh, I want this show to be Far from it You know I want this to be an escape from that So I will I'll leave it to this I'll say it and I'll leave it to this Just like I posted on social media yesterday Just be safe guys You know take care of yourselves Take care of your family Uh, be, Be aware of your surroundings Be aware of others and just do what you got to do, you know? Do what you got to do, man. But, yeah, prayers up for everybody. Um, But moving on from that, listen, man. This is episode 95. This is a celebration of Electrified. Um, 95 episodes in. It's crazy to me. You know, it's crazy to think that, you know, I was listening through most of the episodes uh, last night trying to figure out which uh, segments I was trying to narrow it down to which like segments I could put on the show, like my favorite and some, and I feel some of my most underrated work. Uh, so it's like I think seven segments in total, and you can see you know what they are in the description. But I listened like way back to like episode two. I remember episode two uh, vividly because it was the night I watched Triple G and Canelo, the second fight. I was at school, and I um. As soon as the fight was over, I was like, bro, I got to record. I was like, bro, I got to record. I got to talk about this immediately. I'm like, I'm dropping episode Monday just for this fight. Like, it was, I talked about Canelo and Triple G for 30 minutes. You know, a whole episode for that. That was fun. Just listening to that, you know, listening to how different I sound now, almost two years later. And, you know, 93 episodes later, I sound totally different. Like, I found my own voice. I found my own style. And I'm just very consistent and, and becoming getting so much better and better with each episode. Um, you know, we, we've seen the evolution of the the covers, the episode covers. We've seen the evolution of uh, the social media posts. We've seen the evolution of the social media. I didn't have an Instagram and uh, Twitter account for the podcast for some time. You know, that, that came about later. But. It's just cool, man, to look and see 95 episodes in the body of work that I'm able to put out. Like, I'm able to do a, a best of episode. I'm able to compile my some of my best work together in 95 episodes in. And I still feel like I have much, much more room to grow. Like, I haven't, I'm nowhere near the ceiling that I'm going to reach. 
Um, you know, I, I didn't even plan on doing anything like this until we got closer to 100. But with everything that's going on right now, like I said, I'm going to be dropping on Fridays only up until we figure something out. Because it's like, what the hell am I going to talk about? Um, but you guys know I'm innovative. I'll, I'll figure it out. But it's just like. I didn't I didn't plan on doing anything like this and this this was off the top of the dome. I came up this spur in a moment. I was I had something else planned, but I'm like, bro, it's no, this is what we're gonna do. Uh, you know, episode ninety five is gonna be a celebration of Electrified, bro. And like I said, you don't have to, I just I, oh yeah, you don't have to listen to this in order. Like, uh I didn't I think I put them the segments in order in a certain way. Like I'll be like talking in between, like guiding you to the next segment, but it's like no continuity with this one right here. Like you guys can go, you know, uh, scrub through and listen to the segments you want to listen to, and it all counts. So I appreciate you guys, man. I really hope you guys enjoy this one. If you haven't heard, like my new listeners, if you haven't heard a segment, or if you just if you guys just haven't heard a segment for some reason, or you want to hear it again, this is for you. I hope you guys enjoy this, man. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being with me through ninety five episodes. Thank you guys so much And you know I keep telling you guys I got big things coming I really do But um 95 episodes in man Thank you guys so much So let's get to it Um This first segment That you are going to hear Since we lost our damn basketball This is my uh NBA finals breakdown From episode 40 So this is from what June of two, 2019 So yeah, yeah I felt like this was a great segment Because you guys know I'm not really You know The biggest basketball guy But I've become that Because of this podcast And I feel like That breakdown was great So that's where we're going to start Enjoy man Enjoy I was my bag on this one I cannot lie I cannot lie Okay so Congratulations to the 2019 NBA champions The Toronto Raptors uh, Yeah round of, round of applause for them boys man Round of applause Round of applause And a round of applause for me For picking them And picking correctly Um, You know I said Toronto in 5 I said Toronto in 5 Even after they lost game 2 I still said Toronto in 5 They went on the road They won 2 at Oracle They came back for um, game five at the crib, and they lost by one point. They lost by one point. I was so disappointed, man. I was disgusted. I was disgusted. I was disgusted. So let's talk about game six. I mean, excuse me. Let's talk about uh, game five, man. Game five. Game five was sad. Game five was sad because Kevin Durant went in there after starting off hot. What do you have? Eleven points, and was just hitting threes. And then he he um he tore his Achilles. He tore his Achilles. Listen, you know a lot. I haven't even really been listening. I haven't really been watching like a lot of ESPN. Um, like listening to you know what um you know a lot of analysts have been saying have been saying about KD playing and you know because I wanted to have my opinion as pure as possible, and you know not to hear anybody else's. Opinions on it So I've, I've been trying Not to talk about it Because now You know Now it's talking Recording and, and give you guys My my very honest opinion On the matter I will always say And I said it When I when I heard That KD was going to be Available for game 5 Why? No No way Not for this organization 
Not not for a team that you know, not for a GM owner. You know, they made jokes about KD. You know, about his pay and about how Steph Curry was more important. You know, and then him and Draymond got into it. He told you know Draymond, you know, allegedly told him to leave. Said they didn't need him to win championships. Okay. Okay. All right. And yet here we are. The the Golden State Warriors in the past five years, you know, they, they, they've done what they've done. You know, they got three championships and haven't they didn't three peat. You know, they got one in fifteen, lost to the king in sixteen, went back to back and then lost. So now the the Warriors are what are they now? One and two in the finals? Without KD, yikes, yikes! Listen, Kevin Durant, he went out there, he did all he could, and you know I I didn't understand why everybody was like acting like Kevin was himself. Kevin wasn't himself on that court, man. KD that was not KD. That was not KD. KD was a shell of himself. All he was doing was standing and hitting shots. He wasn't moving around. He wasn't moving around. He couldn't play defense, and you know it wasn't going to be pretty. But it was a fact. It was enough for them to win the game. It was enough for them to get, win the game. But for him to tear his Achilles like that is really just messed up. Because you got to think now that messes that mess the dominoes that are going to fall from KD's injury are, are you know far from him. You know this this messes up his money for the summer. More than likely, he's going to have to resign, opt into his option with Golden State. What's that? Thirty two M's in his pocket right there. And sit for one season and then get back. And and I don't know what he's gonna do after that. But you gotta think this was probably the summer that Katie was leaving. Whether it was to go to the Knicks or, you know, Brooklyn, whoever it was gonna be that, you know, people thought him and Kyrie would meet up in. That's not happening now. Um didn't know if Clay was gonna stick around. Uh, but we'll get to Clay. But um, you know, KD, KD, for him to go out here for an organization and a fan base will really take him for granted. Um, you know, I, I, like I've been saying for a, a long time now, KD really, you know, listen, they can call each other brothers all they want. Listen, man, KD is different from them guys. KD is not the same as them. They they're just different. And I I, I will always refer to KD being brought to get Golden State as them needing. Somebody to beat LeBron And they went and got Weapon X And when Weapon X couldn't go They showed You know that they 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 couldn't get back to their normal form Especially in the finals Didn't really see the Golden State Third quarter avalanche like that You know with, with Steph Clay It didn't really come This Golden State team Became dependent on Kevin Durant's 40, 45 piece You know nights That was automatic for him it wasn't. It wasn't no slowing KD down. You can slow them. You can slow the splash. The splash brothers down, but you really can't slow KD down. But KD slows the offense down. You know what I mean? I said that before. He slows the offense down. But with no KD, it didn't even look like they could play to their war. This listen, man. This series could have been a sweep. It could have been a sweep. If it wasn't for Iggy's, you know, that three, listen, this could have been over in four. We we wouldn't even be talking about um, injuries because KD would have never been on the court. But I, I honestly don't think KD needed to play. 
There was nothing for him to prove. It wasn't. They act like the series was two two at the time. Series wasn't two two. It was three one. It's a closeout game. This series could have been over right there in five. Almost was. So for 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 the for Golden State to bring KD back way before he's ready. He hadn't played basketball over a month. And and for them to bring him back and for that to happen is sickening, man. I was so I was just upset for that. Um I was upset for that. And you know, okay. I saw a lot of outrage from the, about the Toronto fans about them cheering. Listen, listen. No, me personally, I I don't cheer injuries. I don't cheer injuries, but you got to understand the situation that just happened. You know, him and Van Fleet had just gotten to it like prior to that. Motions are high. You know, hey, it's not the first time this happened. Golden State fans have done this before. Um, when when Kawhi went down in San Antonio, it's not the first time it's happened, and it's it won't be the last. Um, I understand it was bad time. Whatever it happened, you know, I'm not about to condemn our entire fan base for that. But um, prayers up for KD, man. I hope KD gets better. You know, he's not going to be there next season. You know, what I mean, this upcoming season he won't be able to play. Which is sad, and we don't know what KD we're going to get back when he's back. But that that's just sad, sad, sad situation for him. Um, but game five, you know, it was an interesting game. It came down to a a, a weird final possession for the for the Raptors, and um, you know, the Warriors will win that series. I mean, win that game, and then all of a sudden, right, it it, it looked like, you know, people were talking about, oh yeah. They're gonna go back to Oracle win and then this is Warriors seven. Why? I didn't I never nothing ever phased me. Okay, they didn't get it done in five. But nothing in me nothing said that this was going seven games. Or nothing in me told me that this was that the Warriors were gonna win three straight games. One, the Raptors haven't lost three straight games since the uh early November. Two, they've been great on the road. Three, the only game that <laughs> the Warriors beat the Raptors in was game um five. By one point. That was the first time they beat the Raptors all season. Raptors beat them twice in the regular season and then beat them, what, four times? And, um, yeah, four times in, uh, in the uh, postseason, in the finals. So, you know, that happens. And they go back to Oracle. It's the last game at Oracle. Who cares? Not the Raptors, not Kawhi, not Fred Van Vliet, not Ibaka, not Gasol. Nobody cares. They're shutting Oracle down with an L. Three straight L's in Oracle for the for the uh for the Warriors, and that's how they finish. That's embarrassing. That's sad. At least they went out swinging, I guess, because I know one man on that team who didn't go out swinging. That's Stephen Curry. So let's talk about Game Six. Let's talk about Game Six, right? It's funny to me how everybody wants me to feel bad for Steph. No, hell no. I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for the Warriors. It's a team that has had success for over the past five years, and now all of a sudden, we want them to. We we're, we're trying to make them seem like they are just some broken team that just will their way to the finals. Listen here, y'all was fine all the way through the Western Conference. Y'all rolled through without KD, you know, for a little bit. You get to the finals, you don't have home court. I said them not having home court was going to be big, but it didn't even matter because the Raptors got it done on the road. Now, game six, Clay is doing what Clay does, carrying Steph. It's time to have that conversation. 
It is. Steph Curry is only Steph Curry when the Warriors are up by 15. It's the truth. Steph is not a clutch fourth quarter, fourth quarter performer. He isn't. He isn't. He isn't. He was in a position in the fourth to hit a three tie the game and he missed. Um, he disappears in the fourth quarter a lot. There's numbers to prove that. I'm not going to go that deep, but I know if you follow Sports Talk Barry, you saw those numbers, and I'm I'm sure they've been on ESPN. Steph isn't good in the fourth, and Steph isn't good by himself clearly. Um, so you know Clay's on fire. What did Clay at thirty before he went down? Hey, Clay was on fire. Clay was hot, and Clay was doing what he does, saving Steph. And then Clay goes up, tears his ACL. Come to find out, he tears his ACL. Um. And that that right there is sad too, because I like Clay. I don't have a problem with Clay. I just don't like the Warriors. I don't like Steph. I don't like Draymond. I like Clay though. Clay, you know, I, I bang with Clay. Clay is a hooper. I like his defense. I like his game. But okay, so Clay goes down, and you know that sucks the life out of Oracle. Clay goes down. Clay gets they, they they carried him off, then they dropped him so he can come back and shoot the free throws. On, on what we've come to find out was a torn ACL He's running around, jumping around And this, you know, watching this saga take place Made me think of the difference between the NBA's medical staff You know, in the, in the um, NFL You know, if, if it's a ligament injury, knee injury, leg injury If it's bad enough, the carts are coming out The carts are coming out on the court, I mean on the floor I mean, excuse me, on the field and you know they're not moving it, they they they're holding it and them they're taking them to the back. Why in the world was Clay ever on his feet? Clay should have been. They should have brought something out there and took him to the back. I don't care about the free throws. He wasn't coming back in the game. So I'm not saying that him jumping around, hitting the free throws, and running back and forth made that worse, but it could have. I just think that you know it shouldn't take for somebody to break their leg in dramatic fashion. For a stretcher to be brought out on the court To stop the game Because that right there He shouldn't have been had to be carried like that They should have brought something out And got him off the court I just think that the NBA Should do better with injuries like that I, Especially ligament injuries like that I, I think that's just That's just how they should play it Um, But um, you know game 6 The Raptors Everybody hooped man Everybody hooped Everybody hooped um and, and oh I, I I got away from my point about um us f- wanting to feel bad for the Warriors. No, hell no, we're not going to feel bad for the Warriors. Let me tell you why. One, 2015, LeBron and Delhi damn near beat the Warriors. They, Delhi, I mean LeBron was out there by himself. Nobody cried tears for LeBron. You know Warriors fans didn't think it was funny. They thought it was hilarious when it was just Braun with no love, no Kyrie. Um, it wasn't too funny in 2016 when he was fully when he had his whole team. So if 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 the um if the excuses for 2015's uh, LeBron's run if we if that's you know funny then why isn't this why can't we you know why does this championship not count for the Raptors if the 2015 Warriors championship counts for them when LeBron didn't have a whole team the Cavs were damn near LeBron and the bench. Listen, Steph is a big boy. Steph is a big boy. You know what I mean? You still gotta, you know, you still have the rest of the team. You still got Iggy Draymond. They didn't, they didn't do much. They weren't doing much. Dray, they, they were missing a lot of shots. Um, yeah, no, no, don't feel bad for them. 
Don't feel bad for them. Won't feel bad for them. And and this is another thing. I hate. I cannot stand Mark Jackson and Van Gundy or the ESPN broadcast as a whole. They were just bro. After the Raptors won the championship, we couldn't even get the damn celebration. They were so worried about how the fans were at Oracle and oh man, these fans should be proud. They shouldn't have their heads down. This Warriors team should be. Wait, I don't give a damn about the Warriors fans or Oracle Arena. The Toronto Raptors just won the championship. And everybody was doing this on Twitter too. Like, why are we why are we supposed to congratulate them for being losers? No. No way. No way. No way. No. I'm not gonna congrat I'm not gonna feel bad for them. They lost. They lost. Don't care how they lost, they lost. And then flip that. Let's get to the Raptors. Alright. Y'all want to talk about LeBron because it always it always seems like somehow we have to talk about LeBron when we talk about the finals because you know it's LeBron. Y'all talk about Kawhi. Okay, Kawhi did his thing. Kawhi did his thing, right? But Kawhi wasn't out there by himself. Kawhi had a has a great supporting cast in Toronto. Lowry is a good player. Van Vliet is a good player. Ibaka, Gasol, uh, Siakam, Green. These guys are playing good basketball. They are. LeBron's Cavs, not so much. Not so much. So we can't really This is this is the team this was the team effort. This was team effort. It was. You know, when when, when Kawhi before Kawhi got on the court this season, the Raptors were seventeen they went seventeen and five without Kawhi. That's a hell of a record. That's a hell of a record. You look at the Lakers without LeBron, not so much. Look at any uh, any Cavs team without LeBron, not so much. They look lost in the sauce. This is a team that could function and stay afloat without their star. So when it's time to hoop in the finals, they all stepped up big in a major way on the road at Oracle. Three three times they did that, and I and I, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of the Raptors, man. I'm so proud of the Raptors. Um. A lot of guys stepped up, and one of my favorite players in this finals was Fred Van Vliet. Let's talk about man, my man, my 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 light skinned cousin. Let's talk about him. That boy has Stephen Curry calling for help in Game Six of the NBA Finals at Oracle in Arena. The last game, Steph was calling for help, help, guard, police, help, police, help, police. Police, that boy Steph was out there shook. Van Vliet put the fear of God in that man's heart. Van Vliet was just letting them threes fly. Calling a switch on a backup point guard is nuts. And that's what Steph did. And this is y'all king. Zero final MVPs for him. Zero. And another finals out. And, and you know, the Warriors fans, you want to call this a fluke. You want to do this. Okay, cool. Let's see what Steph do, cause Clay ain't playing next season. KD ain't playing next season. Let's see what these Warriors can do. They ain't gonna be in first place. They not finna run the West. They they'll be lucky to make it alive out of the second round, first to second round, because they're gonna be depleted. And the Lakers, oh, they're coming. But we're gonna get to that after I finish talking about the finals. I um, I'm just so happy for them, man. I'm so happy for Kawhi. I'm happy for Lowry. You got to think, man. Lowry been there all his career. And, and you know, he gets a lot of flack. And 
He missed. He didn't even really miss the game-winning shot in Game 5. It was blocked, and he was in a bad position. He shouldn't have had the ball, but he had the ball. And he came out in Game 1 and scored 11 straight points and was on fire and, and, did, and did his thing. And he got himself a ring. Boy, am I proud of Jeremy, um, Kyle Lowry. Oh, I almost said Jeremy Lin because he got a free <laughs> He got a free ring. Okay, Jeremy didn't do nothing in the playoffs like that, man. But Jeremy's on team. You know who feel dumb as hell? Boogie Cousins. That boy turned 45, what was that, 45 M's and called it chest? He called it chess. He called it chess. That boy thought he was going to get a free ring. Psych. That's the wrong number. That boy was sick. Sicker than sick. Clown. Went to Golden State for no damn reason. You hate to see it. You really do. Um, So, Kawhi, man. He gets the Raptors to the finals for the first time in franchise history, and they win it in one season with Kawhi. I really hope Kawhi does not leave. But if he does, I hope he goes to L.A. And I'm not talking about the Clippers. I'm talking about the Lakers. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. Let me wrap up the finals, and we can get to the madness. But, because Woj was dropping, tell Woj to put a bomb on it. But listen, man. Listen. It's all I'm saying. I think this was a good finals for us as fans who are not from the Bay Area and are tired of seeing the same team win. I think this is a win for everybody, you know, and a win for the fans, basketball fans. It was a good series. It was a good series, and it was a good game six, and it, it came down to the wide, and, and, you know, people, sh- um, players showed up, and Kawhi got, got himself a second ring. Um it was good, man. I'm I'm happy for Kawhi. I'm happy. Kawhi, see Kawhi, <laughs> Kawhi's uh personality showing out that you know having to be focused all year, man. That boy Kawhi, stop calling that man a robot, man. That's a big why, man. Big why. I don't sleep on that boy. But was in, in, in shout out to Drake. That boy Drake deserve a ring because he just as much as this team as as anybody. Y'all y'all clown that man all y'all want. That man is dedicated. That's his team. He's an ambassador. He paid for the practice facility. Got them special uniforms. Okay. He been there, was there since the Wayne Casey was there. Look, that boy is Toronto all day, every day. Alright? It ain't his fault. He got friends that play for other teams. Okay? It's not his fault. It's not. Um and them and the bangers that he dropped in honor of the championship are bangers. Bangers, that boy was in his bag on both of them. But uh, and shout out to Rose on the second track, Money in the Grave. But um, shout out to the Raptors, man. 2019 NBA champs, hell of a run for them, a hell of a series. Your boy called it, man. Everybody owe me an apology, man. Y'all owe me an apology. Y'all called me crazy. Y'all told me Warriors in five on Lomo Grave. Y'all said Warriors in five. That was cap, and I knew it. Um. But yeah, man, it, it it was a good one. It was a good one. I don't think I have too much to say. I think I've said all I wanted to say. Uh, I just feel bad for Clay and KD. I really do. I do. I, I truly feel bad for them. But um, hey, man, I want to hear no excuses from you Warriors fans. And we're going to get these jokes off. I, uh, we're going to get these. We need this, some more Fred Van, Van, uh, uh, Fred Van Vliet jokes. They are getting off because that's a damn shame, Steph. That is a shame. Mm, that boy was out there looking like Kyrie on you. Mm, mm, mm. Things we hate to see. But um, let's get into this L.A. trade, man. Let's get into this L.A. trade, and let's get into what could possibly happen in free agency. Yes, indeed. Let's do it. Okay.
continuing here, staying on the on the finals path. Let's go back to episode forty two. This was after the uh, after Andre Iguodala went on the Breakfast Club and was spilling the tea. Right, uh, I talked about the Warriors' medical staff. I went on. I went in on them. I'm not gonna lie. I, I went in on them. I talked about how they handled the KD situation, Iggy, and uh, I think Clay. There's some other stuff in here. Uh, I think this was really good comparing, um, you know, medical staffs from the NBA and the NFL, even though they're two different sports. So I thought this was an interesting segment to re-listen to, or if you haven't, enjoy. So he was telling us, well, I think it was last year's finals, that he had a fractured leg. And he said that the Warriors medical staff put it down as a bone bruise and he played through it. Okay. So you're telling me that this man had a fractured leg, fractured, broken, and they put it down as a bone bruise and he was on the court. Mm -mm. What does that say? What does that say about this organization? And if they feel, you know, they can do that to Iguodala, somebody who has been a big a finals MVP, a big part of their, their run, and somebody who has been, you know, a, a big piece of their team, then how would they feel about letting Kevin Durant get back on the court when he was not ready to be back on the court? Someone who just a part, just as big a part as their run, but not so, you know, in the fold as Iggy is, I would say. Many would say. That's why he's a free agent now. That's none of my business. So, we, we have a medical staff that allowed Kevin Durant, second best player in the world, arguably, a, a seven-foot freak, you know, he hasn't he hadn't played basketball since May. And you guys put him back on the court for the for what game was that? For a game that for a series that was almost over already to where he would not have. You know, even if you if you, you know, if they lose that game, which they did, but if they lost that game, then it would have been for nothing. It still was for nothing. Because he, he didn't make he didn't play all four quarters. You know, you rush him back for a series that wasn't that it wasn't like the series was tied two two. The series was tied. You know, I said that last time. I I said that when it happened. You know, it wasn't like the series was tied. So you're not in a position to really make a a, a shift in a series, but he's back on the court anyway. You know, you keep you keep you keep telling us it's a strain, you know, it, it wasn't tore or anything. Okay, cool. You keep you guys keep saying it's a calf injury, you know. And and when when all of this was going on, I said, bro, no way. It's just it, it, it's something not that serious. I said it's more. It's way serious. It's way serious. Oh, he'd be back already. I was the whole time. Katie was gone. I said, bro, we haven't seen him on the court. We haven't seen him run. Any footage I saw of Kevin Durant, he was limping around. We didn't see footage of Kevin Durant on a basketball court until the warm-ups. And even then, I wasn't convinced. He dunked the ball. He hung on that rim for so long for a gentle landing. Nobody else noticed that. 
But everybody was like, oh, he's back. He's back. Okay. Okay. And all it took was one wrong plant and boom, poof, there goes the Achilles. There goes the Achilles. That, that it was already injured. Y'all not going to tell me different. Wasn't no damn calf. Was not no calf uh, injury, bro. That was, that was terrible. Both times he went down. So, you know, what Iggy's saying, what he said about the, the medical staff, it's just like, okay, if the medical staff is, you know, that if that's how they're running things, if that's how they, you know, that's how they're moving, then that means that's how the whole organization is moving. And that's not an organization that I would want to play for. And that's not an organization that could, Kevin Durant was going to continue to play for. And they knew that. So they said, you know what? Let's put him back out on the court. Who the hell cares about his health? You know, we're going to put him back out on the court. And he's going to help us win another one. And then he can go. Health aside, right? That's, that's what the plan really was. Because you guys, I, I, I'm going to reiterate this. Every time I talk about Kevin Durant and the Warriors, this is what I'm going to say. When Kevin Durant got there, his first, the first time he put on a Warriors uniform, it was the Warriors and Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant has just joined a 73-9 and team. It was just like the puzzle was complete, and you just put in a piece that belonged to another puzzle. It was an odd, it was, it was an odd piece out. Just listen to me. Y'all know, just, just, just listen to me. You put Durant in, right? You put Durant in, and you try to force... It's like when you're trying to force a piece of a puzzle in that don't fit, and you keep trying to force it because it kind of fit, but it don't really fit. Y'all know what I mean. y'all. Listen, as a kid, I did a lot of puzzles, a lot of 100-piece puzzles, and I've had this problem before. And this is what the Warriors did, right? Until he fit. And then, boom. At the first season, Durant fit. He fit. And then it became Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. Whether you like it or not, I'm not going to ever say that this is Steph Curry's team. Even before Durant got there. It's just the, the Warriors, the Warriors are good. All of them. You know what I mean? They're all, the team itself is great. Is Steph a superstar? Absolutely. But is that his team? I don't really know. You know, I, I associate the Splash Brothers. Because Clay, Clay is the man. Whether y'all like it or not, Clay is the glue. All right? And if they don't max Clay out, and, and it gets to the point where Clay is starting to take other offers, and y'all know what I'm talking about, the Lakers or the Clippers, oh, it's going to be a sad day in San Francisco and y'all, and y'all new little uh, arena. Because Steph can't do it on his own. Nobody can, but he really can't. He not LeBron. He really can't. And we saw that. We saw that. So, back to the, uh, back to, what was that? So, as far as the medical staff goes, I think that, you know, somebody should look into this. To look into, you know, other injuries on the Warriors books. And, because that's nasty. I don't, I don't like that at all. It's like they don't care about the well-being of their players. It's irresponsible. And it's just it's just a bad look, especially the Kevin Durant situation. And the reports came out that, you know, allegedly he was pissed with them and how they handled that. Because you got to think, 
Kevin Durant goes down, he tears his Achilles. He's out for next season, right? The money might be big still because it's still Kevin Durant. But it's Kevin Durant after missing a year of basketball. Kevin Durant after missing a year of basketball, rehabbing a torn Achilles, is not the same Durant that we would have gotten if he was healthy this year. So it's not the same money. Will he get a big... Is Kevin Durant still going to get a big payday? Absolutely. But I don't think teams are, you know... It's, it's just like, it's kind of damaged goods, in a sense. You know, some guys tear their Achilles and aren't the same again. And I would hate for that to be the situation with Durant, because Durant is special. And I feel like, once again, he should not have been on the court, especially for an organize, organization like that. And hearing what Iguodala said, now was really, bro, you should not have been on the court. I don't care what you guys say. You know, he wanted a ring, blah, blah, blah. No. No. No, these guys got families to feed, they got bills to pay, they got lives to live. He hasn't been there his whole career. Those, listen, that's not really, man, it's deeper than what y'all thought it was. It's deeper than this. I always, I, that's my, it's just deeper than what it is. You know, it's not a surface level thing. And I really feel like it was just bad on the Warriors part. And, you know, I hate it had to go down like that. But when you hear, when you hear, you know, Iggy say, you know, I don't want to get into the Mark Jackson stuff because I, I didn't really listen to that part of the interview, but I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to get into that because that's really messy. Um, but I just, I did want to touch on how it, I, I feel like the, the medical staff is very irresponsible. And, you know, I don't think this would happen in the NFL. I don't think this would happen in the NFL. Like when, when, like I said, when Clay went down, I don't think that would have been handled th- that way. And then I felt no way Clay would have been bouncing around on a on a torn ACL, jumping around, walking around, or bend back on the court. He would have been on a cart. You know what I mean? So I just think that you know the games are different, different, different. Sheesh, the games are different, but still physical, right? We see that it's still physical. Um, yeah, man, that's that's just you know that's what I took away from that. I just think that the Warriors. Medical staff is very irresponsible, and you know it's it's just it's just bad to see, bad to see. Um, let's see. Oh, stand. I'm gonna stay on the Warriors though. Stay on the Warriors. You know. All right. Let's talk about KD and Clay's situation. All right. So now switching gears from basketball to football. This was from this right here is from. Episode 85 So this is a little more recent This is um, the AB I talked about AB But I also talked about Delonte West And how mental health and social media This was a very, very um, Touchy topic for me I, I really went I really felt strongly about what I said here uh, Just like I will You know, in, in these next couple of segments Actually But I felt really strong about how we handle certain things on social media and how society just moves on so fast. You know, they care about something one day and they move on. They fake care. They don't care. It's just, I feel like we're all so numb to certain situations that we don't give everybody that same compassion that they deserve. So this segment right here was about AB, mental health, and social media.
Um, yeah, man, this one was pretty deep. This was pretty deep. Serious, man. I I know that we we were watching. We're all watching an AB situation. We've we've all been watching the, the AB saga since what March of twenty nineteen. We we've all been watching. We've been watching it play out. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Have I found some of this stuff comical? The things he said, the things he's he's doing. Uh, the rap videos and and the Instagram lives has has some of it been comedic? Yes, yes. But when we talk about the legal situations and his most recent legal situation, these are things that I I really don't want to laugh at. That I don't think are funny. So let's look at it. Let's see what's going on now. It, it, it's something new every day, man. We wake. I wake up to a Bleach Report ESPN notification. And when I see Antonio Brown, at this point, I'm just looking for the worst. I'm expecting the worst at this point. And it's sad, man. It, it really is sad. Such a top talent like this. Lost. Lost. Really lost in the world, man. Like, really lost. Really lost. It's sad to watch. So, here's what's going on now. There's a warrant out for uh, AB's arrest in connection with an assault on a moving truck company's driver. Like what? When you when I heard and read this, I'm like, what? Like what are you doing? Getting yourself into these and into these type of situations, and then it's just like, bro. There's no way he has a legit team around him. Has to be a bunch of yes men, if anybody's there. Because there's no way somebody with a stable team, a stable foundation, would find themselves in any of this. In any of this. If AB had the right people around him, I'm pretty sure none of this would have happened. And he would be playing, he would have been playing football this season. And and the only thing we would have would have been talking about as far as A B goes is what A B was doing on the field with his new team, whoever that may have been. Uh continuing, his trainer was arrested, then posted a twenty K thousand dollar bond Wednesday night. Charges include burglar burglary with battery, burglary um of an un what the excuse me? Oh, <laughs> Unoccupied Bro why can't I read My own handwriting Hold on This is terrible Unoccupied Unoccupied Can what Eric what are you doing Convenience That doesn't make sense I don't know In criminal mischief <laughs> I can't read my own handwriting bro That's sad uh, I was rushing Cause I was like Scratching some of this stuff down But anyway Apparently AB would be held Without bond um, look, man. Listen, you know, earlier this week we saw the the Delonte West videos come out, came out, and then all of a sudden it's thoughts and prayers for Delonte West. It's oh man, we got to get Delonte West some help. It's oh man, the NBA we stick together, we gonna get him some help. Right, right, right. Cool, cool. Where's his energy for AB? Like you guys, honestly, not just. Pro athletes and celebrities, but people in general. Nobody wants to step in before it gets that bad. 
Like, do we really want AB to be the next Aaron Hernandez or the next OJ or the next whatever big scandal? Like, do we really want to watch that get far, get that far? I feel like somebody should step in now before there's a documentary about uh, Antonio Brown within the next two years because he's no longer with us. Like, that's that's the type of path that AB is on right now. He is really self-destructing. I don't know if there's any substances or anything involved or it's just him, but it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Every day it's something new. Every day is something new. And honestly, man, it's it's sad that nobody is really stepping in. Tweets, you know, tweeting about it, that won't do much. I know y'all can get in contact with this man. Like you like these pro pro players that know him or whatever. I, there has to be something y'all can do. Seriously, man, before this gets way out of hand, before there is no more AB. Y'all, like, people want to enjoy the downfall, and, you know, they want to watch. They want to watch the downfall. They definitely want to watch the downfall. But when when when, it, when the downfall is over and the smoke clears and that man is on his own, then everybody gone. TV's off, camera's away from AB won't be in a shade room no more. AB won't be a story anymore. That's that's the only reason everybody is so worried about AB right now. Not for his mental health, not for his well-being, not for his children's well-being, but because AB is a story right now. Everybody gets to do what I'm doing right now is talking about AB. Everybody gets to give their opinion on AB, but nobody wants to help AB, and that's a damn shame. It is. It is. Cameras are on nice bright right now. But I guarantee when this all is over, and if AB never gets in the league again and, and, and really like ends up in a really bad situation on his, nobody will care. That will be the end of the AB saga. That's what everybody's looking for. How would it how will it end? That's now that's what they're looking for. How will it end? How will it end? Nobody cares, bro. Nobody cares. And that's crazy. That's crazy. And I know I gave A.B. a lot of flack. I did. Gave him a lot of flack um, when he was in the league dealing with the helmets and dealing with the feet. That was all football related. That was all character related. That was that was different. That's football business. You feel me? That's different. Off the field? I didn't even want to talk about this off the field stuff. I did not. But when you look at it, it's really sad, man. It's sad that nobody really cares. Everybody just wants to put their two cents in and follow the AB story until the very end. And then guess what? They're gone. You know, you can you can send your thoughts, your prayers, your, your thoughts and prayers, tweets and all that, but that's nothing, man. That don't mean nothing. Y'all do that with any um tragedy. Tweet about it for a couple of weeks, get a couple of hashtags going. That's why, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't post the how pray for this country or pray for that country. I don't repost stuff like that on my story. That don't do nothing for me. That don't do nothing for the cause. What is posting about the Australian fires going to do? Uh, you know, to my fifteen or however many two thousand followers, however many followers I have, who don't have any influence, who has who have. Uh, as much influence as me, and uh, in the same tax bracket as me, what, what's that going to do for them? 
or for us. I can't do nothing to stop the Australian fires. I can't do nothing to stop the next big earthquake. I can't do nothing to stop the hurricanes. So what does me reposting about it really have to do if I'm not hitting the ground and doing something about it? So what does you praying for AB on Twitter, don't know if you're doing it uh, in real life, going to do for him if you really don't want to help him? Somebody answer that for me. Moving on. Because I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I just, I just had to get it on my chest because I feel like, you know, seeing the Delonte West thing was sad. And seeing that all of a sudden all this outcry for for what's going on with Delonte West, but where was this at five or however many however long this took or however fast that turn took for him? Where were y'all at before it happened? Where were y'all at before before it got this bad? Where were y'all at? Uh, you know, before the videos was out. Honestly, though, all of a sudden we we everybody wants uh Delonte West prayers um. And, and, and get him some help now When clearly it's too late That ship has sailed But because it's on the shade room now Y'all care Tough Tough And that's and that's another thing Not just you know Natural disasters and, and, and Tragedies like big tragedies like that that's that. That's another thing uh, that ties into mental health. This is all mental, mental, you know, mental stuff, mental health, and and your well being. People really don't be caring about that stuff outside of social media like that. I'm not saying that that's how everybody is, but once again, man, a hashtag, a couple tweets, a couple reposts, and that's it. That's it. Y'all not really checking on y'all friends like that. Y'all tweet stuff like. Uh, anybody check on you today Or Nobody checked out Nobody checked on me today So I'm gonna be mad about that Like That's so forced Everybody's forcing it Everybody's forcing it And it's not natural Like it should be natural For somebody to ask you If you're alright If you're if, if it seems like you aren't like, I, like Like that's one thing Like honestly If you put on this facade On social media I know we're getting away From sports and everything Right now But I'm rolling you put on this type of facade that you are indeed okay. You haven't given out any signs that you are indeed okay. If we talk every day and you haven't skipped a beat, at what point should I really, like, honestly, like, I know a lot of things slide like that and a lot of situations get bad because we don't know. I'm not a mind reader. We're not mind readers. We're not, we're not just going to know if you don't show any, you feel me? If you don't show anything, how can I really think to myself, oh, maybe I should ask so-and-so if they are actually okay? Because if I feel something, I'm going to express it, and you'll know if I'm not okay. Then you can ask me, you know, what can I do to help? How am I? Something like that. You look at AB. You look at Delonte West. Could have looked back at Aaron Hernandez. Nothing about these three seem Okay, nothing, nothing about what AB do is doing seems like what AB would usually be doing. But now we're so desensitized to it because we've been seeing it broadcasted on social media day in, day out, on the media day in, day out. Oh, look, AB on live again. Oh, look, AB beefing his baby moms again. Oh, look, AB got a new music video out. That dude look crazy. That's that's what we've been seeing so much over these past uh, 
what, 8 to 11 months, almost a year now. So, to me, somebody has to give that man a call. Maybe people have, and it's not working, but look at, like, look at his agent. Look at his agent, the guy that was riding with him for so long throughout, you know, through the first uh, legal situation. But now all of a sudden, oh, AB has to get help before I can represent him again. So instead, instead of going to help AB get help, I don't know if you try, because I don't know his, I don't, what's his name, Drew? I don't know him. We don't know him. We don't know what they, what they converse about behind closed doors. We don't know if he has tried to get him help. But I'm going to assume he hasn't. Because that's how I feel. That's what it looks like to me. Now you can't represent AB until he gets help. So that's what you decided to go to the media with. Instead of in, in closed doors, in, 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 in private, telling AB this. A, you got to get some help. Would you like me to help you get help? But instead, it looked like you ran first to the media and just gave them a story. Once again, they only care about the downfall while it's happening. The tip of the roller coaster down to the, you know, the big drop. Nobody care about what happened after the roller coaster lands. We don't care about when the roller coaster stops. We only care about the rise. The peak when it's all good. When 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 you at the top of the roller coaster and you can look around, you can look down at the theme park, you can see people waving at you, you can see people screaming your name, you can see people taking pictures of you, you can see people wanting your wanting your autograph. I think y'all see what I'm trying to say here. But when the downfall is gone, and when you're screaming for your life, when you feel like everything around you is falling, when you feel like your heart is falling through your stomach. Everybody just looks And then when it's all over When the storm is over People just go about their day Simple as that Simple as that Um Wow I'm, I didn't I didn't Now this right here is another one That strong feelings Strong feelings I think uh No 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 That was the Jay Z joint That I posted a clip of but I've had I've actually heard different different takes on how I went about this Kaepernick situation um, from a couple of different ladies actually. But um, some guys agree, some people agree, some people you know didn't agree with everything I said here. And I went on this was like a thirty four minute segment. I remember this day. Um, but yeah, I, I talked about the Kaepernick workout, uh, the interviews, and you know the the, the workout in its entirety. You know this one was really like bro. I felt the way I felt the way because I was I really wanted Kaepernick to do right, and here we are, March twenty twenty. As we as we saw, like I like I said, man, we're gonna we were going to see the alternate route between going with the regular NFL workout and then doing your own thing, and now we see no Kaepernick in the NFL, no Kaepernick in the XFL. So, hey man, what can you do? But this segment right here was fire. This is from episode uh, 72. So, yeah, man, listen up. Listen, listen. I know this is a very, very, very sensitive topic. And, you know, we all have a lot of feelings about Colin Kaepernick. 
I understand this. Going into Saturday, I was very excited for Kaepernick. I was excited that the NFL gave him this opportunity. You know, I just thought this was going to be good. I thought this was going to be good for us, for everybody. I thought it was going to be on the NFL Network. I'm like, yeah, man, this is about to be crazy. And it was crazy. But for all the wrong reasons. All right, so when the tweets had started rolling in, it it, it just felt like, like, what is happening? So... All right, let's let's look at the timeline. So initially, Saturday the workout was supposed to start at three. Um, so here's how the NFL was going to go. It was going to be at the the NFL's workout. It's going to be at the Falcons facility. He's going to interview at three fifteen. There's going to be measurements, stretching, warm ups, um, some timing and testing, and the QB trials. And then twenty five teams are going to be there. Looking at that at face value. That seems good. Like I'm I'm like, bro, that sounds really well. Like that sounds great. Like that that doesn't seem like a problem. You know, and it sounds like a, a, a real pro day for that that any quarterback would have gone through as a rookie coming into the league before being drafted. It just sounds like a pro day. You know, you get twenty five teams there, you get a chance to talk to them, you get a chance to show your stuff, uh, you know, show them that you're still in shape, show them that you can still play the game of football. I don't see the problem there. I don't see the problem there. So, so that, that initially, that's that's what was going to going to go down. Hugh Jackson was going to be there and all that good stuff. That's not what happened Saturday afternoon. So, before I even, all right, so let let me tell you what they say. They're saying the problem is they're saying the problem has to do with this waiver. Hold on, let me find uh what they're saying about it. Because I didn't, I thought it was just like a, a normal, a normal waiver, like uh, how you know you can't be held responsible if somebody tears the ACL on your field doing a workout, like something like that. Like I thought that that's what it was. I'm like that's a standard waiver. Like so, when I heard about the waiver, I didn't understand why that was such a big deal. So then I find you know it comes out so here's I'm gonna read this article from Mike Florio on uh so on pro football talk uh from NBC Sports so here we go as the NFL blames Colin Kaepernick for wait no 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 wrong article this isn't a good article this is not the good article hold on guys bear with me I told you guys it's gonna be a while I told you because it's, it's just so many moving pieces here so many moving pieces so many moving pieces um, hold on, just give me one minute. Just give me one minute. Um, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Same, um, same guy. Yep, Mike Florio again. All right, so the NFL's Colin Kaepernick dog and pony show about nothing was about something after all. It was about extinguishing the second lawsuit that Kaepernick could file for ongoing collusion plus retaliation against him for his first grievance that was settled. For a payment reportedly between one million and ten million dollars, that's the inescapable conclusion from the assertion, as made by Kaepernick's lawyer, lawyer and Kaepernick's agent, that the NFL demanded that he signed a broad waiver, including a waiver of potential employment claims. Let that one sink in. The league, under the guise of acting out of the goodness of the its own heart and/or to us, um. 
extinguish the guilt of 32 months of Kaepernick being wrongfully denied an opportunity, set up a workup for all teams, even though any team could work out could work him out at any time. And then as he showed up for it, asked him to sign a waiver that not only protected the league and the Falcons against the torn ACL or some other injury that could have happened during the workout, but also exonerated the league of any and all responsibility for the violations of his rights that may have occurred since his grief since uh, the grievance was settled in February. As a source with knowledge of the situation tells Pro Football Talk, when Kaepernick's camp suggested a standard injury waiver that didn't sweep the uh, didn't sweep that didn't sweep broadly to absolve the NFL from its ongoing violation rights, league representatives said that the proposed release had been drafted by NFL general counsel Jeff Pash and that Pash wanted his release to be signed. Pash's name constantly has been mentioned behind the scenes as the person who was believed to have devised the entire scheme. From Kaepernick's perspective, it wasn't about Roger Goodell cleansing his conscience, and it wasn't about Jay-Z preparing, repairing his reputa- reputation. It was about Pash recognizing the, that the failure to buy out Kaepernick's ongoing employment rights in February, coupled with an ongoing cold shoulder, created the very real possibility for a second lawsuit that would have taken far more cold, harsh uh, cold hard cash from the league than the first one. By moving the workout from the Falcons facility to a new location, Kaepernick has escaped checkmate, and he has escaped a potential checkmate. If any team representatives who were ready to watch him work out at the Falcons facility fails to attend the session at the alternate location, and if this the end result could be a legal checkmate for the NFL. At this point, given the clumsy and awkward manner in which Pasha's scheme has played out, the only way, only way to avoid a second lawsuit from Kaepernick could be to do what should have been done in the first place. If the league truly wanted to help Kaepernick pick up the phone and make whatever deal has to be made behind the scenes with one of the NFL's teams to give the guy a job. I, I I just I don't know man I don't know I don't know I don't get it I don't get it So from from that What I get from that is If if you if you read that If you take that from For, for what it is It just seems like This was a setup And then Before we get to You know If if this is true, if they wanted to like basically save themselves from a lo- another lawsuit, that's crazy. My whole confusion was, did they want the media there or not? That's that's where my thing was. Because they kept saying the word of the day happened to be transparency. What needed to be transparent? If there were 25 teams there, what did the media have to do? Like what did what did the cameras have to do with anything? This is my thing. If there are 25 actual eyes on you, you go there and you perform. And then you, you do the interviews and that's it and that's all. That was my thing. That I didn't understand. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Then you, you record this on your own and it looks like you got a high schooler to record it because 
you could barely see any of the throws he was making. It was it was jumpy. I've worked in a college setting recording games. I'm a better cameraman than whoever the hell was recording his workout. He could have just flew me down there to Georgia. I would have did the whole thing for free. But it didn't look good. And all right, X out the waiver thing. Let's. I wanna before. Like I said, man, it, it, I'm gonna. It's gonna take me a while to get through all of this. X all that out. Let's talk about the workout itself before we get back to the timeline of what happened Saturday. Let's talk about the workout itself. You know, everybody is talking about. Oh, he did this. He did that. He can still. First of all, it was never about his ability. We know that. So let's stop acting like. He's out of the league right now because he can't throw the football. But I will say this. A lot of the throws he made, was making, it looked like regular football throws. It looked like any quarterback currently employed could have made that throw. I'm sorry, but nothing that I have really saw from Colin Kaepernick looked like, oh man, he should be starting right now. It just looked like a simple... He was playing catch with his friends. That's what it looked like to me. He looked good. He looked to be in good shape. But when you guys are showing me clips, I watched the workout. But when you guys are tweeting clips of it and try to make it seem like he was doing something nuts, that's that I I I I can't I can't side with that. I can't side with that. Because I I, I just don't get it. What did he do for you to show you that oh man? Somebody has to sign him now. That workout didn't do that. So, this is what I think. I think that the workout itself wasn't going to get that. That wasn't going. That wasn't the key to getting back in. I don't think that's the key. You could because this footage you've been working out for three years. You got Instagram and YouTube. We've seen you work out already. This right here could have been posted on YouTube, or you could have just. Made a uh, you could have pulled an AB, made yourself, you know, what Dez is doing right now. Just post clips of you working out and just send them to teams. You could have sent this footage to teams if you really wanted to go at it like this. If you didn't want to sign the paperwork, if that's how you really felt, you could have just saved everybody's time. You could have saved everybody's time. You could have you could have just sent that footage out because that's what it looked like to me. That's what it looked like to me. Like it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um. Then you got the you know what he said after. So we're gonna run that. I'm gonna run that real quick. What he said after the uh, after the workout. How's everybody doing? We're good. Pretty good. How you First, doing? Hey, let me start by saying I appreciate y'all coming out. That means a lot to me. Our biggest thing with everything today was making sure we had transparency of what went on. We weren't getting that elsewhere, so we came out here. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth, stop running from the people. 
We're out here, we're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I'll interview with any team at any time. I've been ready, I'm staying ready, and I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all, I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. We'll continue to give you updates as we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court, we're okay. ready to go. So you say all this, you know, you say you've been denied for three years and, you know, the NFL is lying. All right. All this has been said. Just give me a headache, bro. Listen, it just feels like he's still going against the league. It doesn't, he doesn't look like or sound like somebody who wants to be in the NFL. I'm sorry, bro. But it doesn't, you know, calling out Goodell, calling out the owners, you know, t t telling us again how you've been denied and all this stuff. It doesn't look like somebody who was supposed to be at an NFL, basically an interview. It, it just doesn't look like that. It doesn't, man. It doesn't. And I'm rooting for Kaepernick. I am. Don't do not get me wrong. I was rooting for Kaepernick going into this. But after seeing this weekend play out, it's just, it, I understand what Stephen A was trying to say. I'm not about to sit here and say that Kaepernick, this whole thing was a PR stunt. I'm not going to say that. But it just doesn't look good. Kaepernick looked good on the field. But when you when you look at, you know, the, the after the interview and then with the, um, you know, wearing the, the Kente shirt. I'm not I'm not an Uncle Tom. I'm not gonna ever be, you know, somebody who doesn't stand up for black people. I understand, like I said, I understand what Kaepernick did, I understand what he continues to do, I understand that, you know, things are going on in this world outside of the sport. I understand that one hundred percent. But you know that, you know, these these old white guys, these execs are watching this, right? Do you really think? Wearing a Kunta Kente shirt Before your workout Is what they want to see If you're really trying To appeal to the league And trying to get back in the league Do you really think Wearing a Kunta Kente shirt Was the right way To go about that I'm not saying Don't wear what you want to wear I'm not saying that But but to them Imagine how that looks To them Because it's not about us It's not about us It's not about how we feel about it I don't have a problem with it I didn't have a problem with it. We not going to. But they might. That might scare some teams away. Because that looks like to them, oh, this guy isn't trying to get back in the league. This guy's still on what he was on three years ago. Oh, this guy's going to be a distraction. Oh, this guy is going to, you know? That's just what it looks like to me. And this weekend, it looked like Colin Kaepernick could still be a distraction in a locker room, a distraction to a team who might be here in week 11, maybe moving towards the playoffs, or a team who might need him to get in the game. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you? Like, honestly, because I, I'm, I'm not here to, to, to bash Colin Kaepernick. I'm not here to bash what he's trying to do. But when you got guys like Eric Reed. 
you know, basically calling out the league as well <laughs> while cashing in NFL checks. That looks funny to me. That's that's that it, it, it just looks funny to me. How hard he goes against the league, yet he's still cashing checks. Kaepernick gets off the field and calls out Goodell and owners again while trying to get back. To cashing NFL checks I just don't get it man I don't get it Like what what am I supposed to do with that So back to the timeline So at 2.39pm Caps people Released a statement Let me get to that This is at 2.39 The workout was supposed to start at 3 Alright Workout was supposed to start at 3 Alright So here's what it says Alright Because of recent decisions made by the NFL, the workout for Colin Kaepernick will be changing to an alternate location, which will now start at 4 p.m. All representatives from clubs are invited to attend and will be provided the location. Further, all media will be invited to attend and upon request will be provided with the location. From From the outset, Mr. Kaepernick requested a... um. Where am I? Where am I? I need my glasses. Uh, upon request, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> request will be provided with the location. Okay, from the out- from the outset, Mr. Kaepernick requested a legitimate process, and from the out uh from the outset, the NFL uh league office has not provided one. Most recently, the NFL has demanded that a precondition. To the workout, Mr. Kaepernick signed an unusual liability waiver that addresses employment-related issues and rejected the standard liability waiver from physical injury proposed by Mr. Kaepernick's representatives. Additionally, Mr. Kaepernick requested all media be allowed into the workout to observe and film it and for an independent independent film crew to be there to ensure transparency. The NFL denied this request based on the prior conduct by NFL League office, Mr. Kaepernick simply asked for a transparent and open process, which is why a new location has been selected for today. Mr. Kaepernick looks forward to seeing the representatives from the clubs today. This was at 2.39. So for the statement to be released at 2.39 p.m. when the workout was supposed to start at 3, and this, this, what this tells me is you guys knew about this already. Like, not Saturday, like, maybe Thursday. Like, you guys had already known about this. Here's what I, like, honestly, though. Because, one, you guys didn't just pop up at a random high school in Georgia, an hour away from where you were supposed to be, and decide, oh, yeah, this is where we're going to go at. First of all, you probably had to get something, you know, signed off there. So that took some time. That had to be planned in advance. What it looks like is You guys knew about the waiver already Alright Screw the waiver let's, let's, let, me, let me tell you what I really 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 think I think It just looks like bro It, it just looks like They wanted to just slap the NFL In the face like oh y'all want us To be here well we gonna be Here and we gonna make y'all come down Here last minute we gonna do this. We gonna. It just looked like 
they wanted to be in control of everything. They wanted to make the NFL, you know, run to them. They wanted to make the NFL look dumb. Like, that's what it looks like. It just, it just all looks so bad, man. It just looks so bad. So bad. It doesn't look good at all. Doesn't look good at all. Doesn't look good at all. Like they, they like the, with that statement, like they're talking in broad terms. Like if you guys, you guys talk about transparency, but tell us what's really going on here. The NFL don't want to do this. Like you guys aren't really. You guys are like speaking in code. Like what actually is happening here? What went down? Tell us. Like you guys feel so comfortable doing this, and once again. It just feels like more attacks against the NFL. Like, do you guys really want him back or not? I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It just, none of this feels like you guys really want to be back. Cap's team just doesn't look like they want him back. In the league It just looks like We want to Further Expose the league For what it is Like that's what it, That's what it looked like to me Just let's just Cause some noise and, and And make it seem like The league Is Is this big bad machine Which it It could be It It, it, it has shown that before I don't get it I don't get it So you So you do this last minute you know, the NFL and, and you, you guys talk about bringing Hugh Jackson in for the Atlanta workout. He leaves because he ain't going to Iowa at 60 miles to get to where y'all at now for a high school workout. And then look at, and then once again, going back to the workout. Bro, he's on a high school field. A high school field. A much smaller field than an NFL field, right? The throws he was making, he was making some long throws, right? But we didn't get to see that on the NFL field. Or NFL facilitated field Like you know what I mean He was out there with cones Like me working out for Thanksgiving He looked like I was working out for my Thanksgiving game With the four cones out there That wasn't an NFL regulated workout Like it just looked like he was playing catch with his friends Bro I don't I don't I don't know man I don't know I really don't know I really don't know. It just didn't look good to me. Didn't look good to me. Didn't look good to me. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Oh, the NFL statement. Let's see what they had to say. This was also Friday. I mean Saturday. This is um after the work I was over. This is um what five oh seven. Alright, here we go. Where we at? Where we at? Oh, this is long. All right, here we go. We are disappointed that Colin did not appear for his workout. He informed us of that decision at 2.30 p.m. today along with the public. So, if this is true, they found out, just like when we found out, that the workout would be moved. Not only would it be moved, it would be moved an hour away. Do you really think? That 25, if they were really 25 different representatives, do you really think they were all going to leave where they already were and travel 60 miles 
to a high school, a random high school in Georgia, not an NFL facility, a random high school in Georgia. Do you really think that's what they were going to do? No way. No way. No way. If I'm sitting there, if I'm a rep, I don't care what color I am, black, white, green, blue, you know, do I really need to leave where I am? Like, first of all, I don't even really want to be here. Like, it's week 11. It's Saturday. I could be elsewhere. Uh, I really don't know what's happening here. Like, this isn't, like, you know, do I really want to travel away from the Atlanta Falcons facility all the way to some random high school in the middle of Georgia? Get out of here. No, I will not. Not only am I not going to drive, I'm not even going to type that in my GPS because after I did, it was an hour away. I said, oh, no. 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 Um, today's session was designed to give Colin what he wanted, has consistently said he wants, an opportunity to show his football readiness and desire to return to the NFL. The most important part of that sentence is his desire to return to the NFL. This weekend, like I said, I didn't see somebody who wants to be in the NFL. I saw somebody who is well-equipped and well-fit to play the game of football, but I did not see somebody who wants to be in the NFL. That's, that's what I saw. I'm, I, it's the truth. It's the truth. It is the truth. I and, and I hate to say it, bro, but it, it really does not look like Cat wants to be in the league, bro. It doesn't, man. It doesn't. Um, all right, keep reading this. Let's keep going. Um, the twenty-five clubs were present for the workout in all thirty-two clubs. Their head coaches, general managers, and personal execs would have received video footage of the interview and workout shot by the Atlanta Falcons video crew. It is important to note the following, as stated above. Hold on, I need to hold up. Hold up, as stated above. Uh, more than three-fourths of the NFL clubs were present in to for today's workout. The NFL made considerable effort to work um, with Collins' representatives. We invited his agents to suggest questions for the interview yesterday. Yesterday, when Collins' representatives said he wanted to bring his own receivers to the workout, we agreed to the request. In addition, Coach Hugh Jackson discussed with Collins' agent what drills we would run at the workout so that Collins would know what we what would be expected of him. Last night, when Nike, with Collins' approval, requested to shoot an ad featuring Collins and mentioned all NFL 30 teams, NFL teams present in the workout, we agreed to the request on Wednesday. We sent Collins representatives a standard liability waiver based on the waiver used by NFL camps. Look, look listen to this. At, at noon today, Collins representatives sent a completely rewritten and insufficient waiver. What did I say? Before I even read this, what did I say? I said it felt like they already knew about the waiver. I said if in no way did they not just find out about that. Duh. Wednesday? Y'all knew about this on Wednesday. So you telling me that y'all didn't think on Wednesday. So you just 
So y'all really want me to sit here and believe that on Wednesday after they saw this, they decided to change their minds on where the location was going to be on Saturday? No, 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 no. They did that on Wednesday, bro. I promise that. I guarantee it. Ain't no way y'all came into this thinking, oh, we just going to move it last minute. No, 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 no. Y'all decided y'all was going to move it last minute. Whoa, three days in advance. It sounds like this was really a plan from the jump. I don't get it, bro. I don't get it. It just looked like y'all wanted to give the NFL a runaround. That's what it's really looking like here. That's what it's really looking like here. It looked like y'all just wanted to give the league a runaround. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's that's what it's looking like to me. That's what it's looking like to me. And I'm really sorry to say it, but it is. Wow. Wow. Let's keep going. Um, We heard for the first time last night, around the same time we heard from Nike, that Colin wanted to bring his own video crew. We heard for the first time this afternoon that Colin wanted to open the event to all media. We agreed to have Colin's representatives on the field while the workout was being conducted and allowed to them to see how it was being recorded. We did so even though we even uh had we have been clear from the beginning that this is a private workout as as is typical within the NFL combines. One video crew was prepared to shoot and distribute video of the interview and workout. We confirmed with Colin's representatives that they would receive both the video that would be sent to all 32 clubs as as well as the raw footage from the entire event, event which is unprecedented. Bro. 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 If this is all true, if this is all true, it don't get more transparent than that. It don't get more transparent than that. If the NFL really did tell y'all this, and y'all could have proved this, all you had to do was go work out. You get the footage. You get your transparency. You you get to show us what you did. In an NFL setting. And you have no problems. You could have got the shot by a professional crew, NFL films crew. But instead, you slap the NFL in the face, and you work out at high school, and you get us bad footage. I, 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 I don't know what else to do, man. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. I really don't. Really, really don't. I do not. I do not. I do not. Um... Do I even want to talk about I, I think I'm done with it now I think I'm done with it um, I will say that I'm sorry that things went the way they went I would have loved to see Kaepernick Go to the NFL workout I, wonder, I would love to see How different things would have went Had he just went to the original workout Because now what we're about to see Is the alternative of that Will we see Kaepernick on an NFL team I don't know I think the The Hold on though, hold on though, hold on though. One more thing. The um the scouting review, scouting report. Um a couple of things from that. A scouting report from evaluators uh following Colin Kaepernick's workout yesterday. 
Uh, there were 60 scripted throws, no runs, no agility work. He was in good shape as we thought he, he'd be. Arm strength was definitely still there. As and he had some uh, real zip on the ball, but he had some accuracy issues on his deep throws, which is true. Uh, good enough to be on the roster, likely backup level. He was in good shape, and he has and he has fastball. The velocity was real good. Accuracy and touch were inconsistent. True. Uh, on deep balls, he was ordered where he was ordinary. Uh, he can still run well, essentially average overall, good velocity, accuracy, and such were average, good showing, thought he looked like he did when he was last on the field. I mean, we saw it, everybody saw it. I just don't know who's going to do, who's going to take that chance now, because it wasn't about the football Side of it with, with with most of these teams, it was about they wanted to see where you were mentally, where you were, you know, willing to be professionally. Like, can can you be on this team and keep what you have done separate from what we're trying to do on this team? Because at the end of the day, you got to think. Yes, he's going to work for the NFL, but when you go to work. You know, you work with certain people, certain, you know, you got a certain, certain supervisors. Like, he's going to go play for a team. And certain coaches, certain GMs have different set of rules, you know, in-house rules, in-house. It was about, can you be with us? Can you be Colin Kaepernick the Bear? Can you be Colin Kaepernick the Patriot? Can you be Colin Kaepernick uh, the Dolphin Like do you know what I'm Like can you be with this organization With this team Can you be above The so called distractions That you bring with you We're not saying Like, I, I, like I'm thinking Like I'm not I'm, I'm not telling Kaepernick Not to stop taking a knee If if he don't He don't If he do He do It don't matter to me But it's the You know I don't I don't know man I don't know man I don't know now this segment right here was really good. This was actually inspired by, like I said, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, where I found this all, most of the information. It was uh, I was watching the ESPN 150 anniversary of the uh, NCAA, f- you know, the football and everything. So that's they had the special on, and they did uh, an episode about HBCU football, and there was a lot of stuff that I did not know. I did not know a lot of this stuff, so. Watching it, I'm like, bro, I have to go tell everybody about it. I told all my friends to watch it, and I said, you know, I'm going to talk about it on a pod. So, you guys know, you know, I, I feel strongly about this as well. You know, HBCU football and everything. It, it was really crazy to see how integration killed HBCU football, and 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 how it was spun to look so positive when honestly, it really was. It was negative. It was a lot of negatives that came out of it. In the end, not so much like today, but still, looking back on it, it was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I think HBCU football were, were doing good on their own. But you guys listen and, you know, enjoy this one, man. This was a real life history lesson right here. NCAA's, you know, it's college football's 150th anniversary. So they're doing a docu series. About the college football So the f- 
the first episode, the one that I watched uh, this past weekend that I tried to tell everybody uh, to watch, and um, it was pretty good. It was about the college game itself, right? It's about the college football game. So they started all the way back from the late 80, 1890s and took us all the way up to now. Crazy documentary. I learned a lot. I really did learn a lot. Now, the most interesting part of the documentary was the life and death of HBCU football. I'm going to give you guys a history lesson today. We're going to get deep today. We're going to get a little deep today. I wanted to start off with this um, because I didn't want you know this to get lost in 35, no, 25 minutes in. I wanted to start off with this because it's going to be a very important segment. So... HBCUs, you don't know what HBCU is, is a historically black college, uh, mostly in the South. Uh, these were schools made for black people, as you know, you know, before uh, segregation was ended, you know, everything was split, even schools, of course. So historically black uh, universities were made for black people and they had football, still do, but not nearly as you know, big as it was during its heyday. So here's 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 the thing. Great, great. This this is what I'm about to everything I'm about to tell y'all is facts. Like real facts. And it's just crazy to see. Right? And and you know the way that segregation excuse me, desegregation desegregation basically killed the HBCU football it is crazy. Because you think, you know, segregation, all right, it's bad. Segregation is bad. You know, why not? We can't all be together, right? But segregation allowed black folks, black athletes, to go off and do their own thing and and still play at a high level. That's that's what it allowed them to do. Black athletes, black football, black college football players were flourishing in HBCUs. Oh, we can't go to Texas. We can't go to Texas. We can't go to Clemson. We can't go to Bama. Cool, we'll go to Grambling. We'll go to Morgan. You know what I mean? And it's just like, especially in the South, deep South, deep South, it was it was booming down there. Um, so here, here, here's what I want to discuss. Okay, so Alabama. First of all, Alabama's always been good at football, by the way. Not just, you know, last 15 years. Alabama's always been good at football. So Paul Bear Bryant, he was a coach. Of the Alabama In um, the 60's right So he, he's the coach and They had all white teams All white teams Nobody on the team was black Through the 60's Nobody on the team was black They won three national championship games Now towards the end of the 60's You know desegregation You know everything started to get segregated Some teams in the north Like Michigan State Notre Dame They had uh, integrated a little bit There were black athletes on the team and those teams got pretty good. Southern coaches still wasn't going for it. They like, no, no black people on this. There will be no blacks on this team. No colors on this team. We white only, white only. And the fans, bro. If you guys watch this documentary, just look at, like, the white pride. Like they were so, like this. It was like they were scared to have this sport taken from them. They were scared to have black people. Black athletes be more dominant than them on the gridiron. This was the almost one of the last things that that white people had, the sport of football, college football. They didn't want to let that go. They did not want to let it go. 
especially in the South. They did not want to let that go. So by the end of the 60s, uh, Alabama, they got a little weak. You know why? Because they were still all white, and they were not able to compete. Somebody in the doc said that if uh, the South didn't desegregate, if they didn't include black players, the South would probably not be anymore. There would probably be no Southern, no SEC. They wouldn't. Teams just weren't good enough to compete nationally without black players. So by the end of the 60s, Paul Bear Bryant's uh, Alabama team were not they weren't winning that they weren't they were mediocre they were average so he signed his first black player in december of 1969 he was a running back and um by the end of the 70s oh also that he got them back to number one in 1973 and by the end of the 70s paul bears alabama team was 40 percent black 40 percent black it went from Oh, we don't need them. I don't need them. So, oh God, half almost half my team is black now. Not because, okay, let's end racism. Let's fight racism. Let's combat racism. Let's 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 desegregate. Let's integrate for for the um the good of the cause. No, 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 no. They saw how good those brothers was on that field and said, oh God, let me go get some because I want to win. And they would go on to win three more national championships. It's that simple. Don't let, you know, history, because I don't, I think a lot of this, I, I don't think a lot of people know about this. I don't. This is very important to learn. They, they, they needed the brothers. They did. Now, the, the story only gets interesting, more interesting. So, you know, they kept, and this is another thing they did. Now, now, okay, now you see how successful Alabama was. So, let's go back to 1968. 1968, Morgan State and Grambling University, they played at Yankee Stadium. They played at Yankee Stadium. This is this is how big HBCU football was. They went up to New York to play in Yankee Stadium. They sold Yankee Stadium out. There were 63,000 people there. Majority of them were black. Majority of them were black to see two HBCU football teams put on the show. This is the same year that Dr. King was assassinated. A lot of riots going on, and it just you know the guy on uh Doc he, who played wide receiver for Morgan said that they felt like this was big, and it was, and it was, and it was big for many reasons. One, they just sold it out Yankee Stadium. Two HBCU teams. Sold out Yankee Stadium in 1968. Know what that tells us? Oh, the black people can do it on their own. That's that. That scared the hell out of the NCAA. Scared the hell out of them. It did. It's like, well, they don't need us, but we need them. So instead of bringing in HBCU teams into the conference, you know, into the bigger conferences, what they did was pick the elites off of the HBCU teams, took them. Brought them to the NCAA and made basically wiped away the HBCU programs. They crumbled. They took the best talent 
They said, we're not going to bring everybody in. No, 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 no. We don't want all of you. We don't want your coaches. We don't want your players. We don't want your school. No, 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 no. We don't want that. We want the best that you have. We're going to take them. They're going to make us money. They're going to make our teams better. We're going to win football games. We don't need the rest of you. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, another thing I learned, you know, that, that about the uh, Eddie Robinson, he was the coach of Grambling. He was the first college coach to win 400 games. Did not know that. Did not know that. And in a 15-year span, over 500, 500 HBCU football players, college football players were drafted to the NFL. At one point, Grambling had more NFL draft picks uh, than Notre Dame. I just thought that was interesting because, and you know, I, I heard somebody say, why not, why why black athletes should migrate back to HBCU football? That's way easier said than done. Way easier said than done. Way easier said than done. Like, you know, going back to the Morgan and Grambling game, after that game, you know, happened, that's when they started recruiting. They they started picking them off, and that's that's the thing. These big school, big schools recruit. They recruit. They recruit better than anybody, and they got more resources, more money, more the, the, the TV rights, better facilities, better school. They just, and that's how they get you. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, if I'm a college athlete, if I'm a football player, I'm definitely picking UMD because, you know, I'm Maryland, I'm Maryland guy. I'm picking UMD over Morgan. I'm not going to go play football at Morgan. I'm not going to go play football at UMD. I can go play football at you know another big school But that's that's where it is now That's where it is now That's where it is And 12 of the last 13 teams thir- Excuse me 12 of the last 13 national championships Were won by teams in the south Teams that didn't allow black players Teams like Alabama Teams like Clemson Texas It's crazy to think about man It's, it's really crazy to think about You know NCAA Profited and, and and made it, you know, seem like they were doing this, you know, to 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 better the game and make it all inclusive. No, 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 no. It's it's easy to see what they did it for, you know. But I thought that was interesting. I just thought that was something interesting I wanted to share with you guys. And I thought you guys needed to know this, man, because you know, people think, you know, HBCUs are just you know, um, you know, they talk about Tuskegee and they just they, they talk about, you know, more of the academic and and, you know, the not not so much the sports. They don't they don't really talk about the football. You know, I feel like that's like buried in our real history. That's a part of history, black history, football history. And I just thought that you guys, you know, I just thought that was interesting to share. That's all. That's all. Um yeah, man, but go go read up on some of that stuff Or go watch the documentary Because it's real interesting stuff, man Real, real interesting stuff Real interesting stuff um, It's just it's just crazy to see, man That they didn't, they didn't want black people Black athletes until they realized How much they needed them Crazy Crazy, crazy, crazy Okay, now this segment right here Comes from uh, my highest rated episode This is ep- from episode 80- 84 
This is from the um, the younger retired. This is the episode that I did when Luke Luke Kegel retired, and I went back and I looked back through you know other young retirees and and everything like that. Um, episode eighty four is special to me because you know this was the episode that you know on on, on uh, New Year's Eve I set a goal for one of my twenty twenty goals was to break uh, my hold on. What episode was it? It was Break My Ratings from 9519. That's what it says right here. I don't know what episode that was, but apparently. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, okay. I remember. So I wanted to break that record. I did it in what? 24 hours of dropping episode 84. And that was in January. So that was pretty crazy to me. Was that in January or February? I don't remember. It was crazy to me that I did it so fast. And um, I appreciate you guys for doing that. And that is my highest rated episode of all time. So that's that's pretty big for me. That was pretty big for me. But uh, this segment's really good as well. I wanted to detail um, on like guys like Gronk and his injury history. And you know, will we see more young retirees? And in this um, in this clip, you'll see why I think we will. Did I say see why? You'll hear why I think we will. I'm like what? Literally, what? Luke Keekley has done what? Luke Keekley has retired, bro. Retired from the NFL. 20, 28 years old. Just like, wow, man. Like, like this is insane. You know, we talking about Greg Olson of the Panthers hanging it up. And now Luke Keekley retired at 28, man. This is nuts. You know, starting the season with Andrew Luck retiring out of nowhere. Now Luke Keekley is retiring out of nowhere. Crazy. Uh, let's take a look here. Luke Kuechly has only missed 10 games in his eight-year career with 1,092 total tackles, including 640 solo tackles, uh, 12 and a half sacks, 18 picks, and one touchdown. He was drafted ninth overall in 2012, same draft as Andrew Luck, out of Boston College. Now... When you when you try to figure out, okay, we watched the video. He said what he said, but if you if you want to try to look a little deeper to why this could have been, and when you look at his injury history, um, let's see, September thirteenth, two thousand fifteen, he gets a grade two concussion. January 3rd of 2016, he has a shoulder labrum tear, and he tore it in week 17. He played through the postseason and the Super Bowl. He got surgery in the offseason. Uh, November 17, 2016, another concussion. This is a grade three concussion. Then in uh, October 12th of 2017, he has a grade one concussion. And then uh, February 5th, 2018, he had surgery. For an undisclosed shoulder injury at the end of the 2017 season. And then according to sports injury predictor, Luke was a high risk this past season. as a 50% chance of re-injury, but he remained healthy. I don't know, man. You know, his his injury history is is not bad. But when you look at the, the history, his concussions... And who knows if he had more because these is these are what was what were reported. You know, he could have been dealing with 
all types of things. You know, just finish you know watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix about how mushy his brain was. Basically, it makes you think about these guys and how they're going to feel about this game moving forward. I believe that we won't see more Tom Brady's or more guys who are playing well into their 30s and into their early 40s. That won't be seen anymore by the end of this decade. I believe that the life expectancy as an NFL, life expectancy in the NFL will be lowered dramatically by the end of this decade, man. I I just don't see it. Yes, the game is improving the rules and trying to make the game safer. Yes, that's true. But I don't know, man. When you look at guys, let's 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 take a look at Rob Gronkowski. Another example of a guy, you know, retiring early, great career, but his injury history is much much lengthier and we're going to get into that. But first of all, Rob Gronkowski drafted in 2010, uh second round, 42nd pick out of Arizona. He only played two full seasons, and those were his first two. And after that, he missed 29 regular season games. This is not even including playoff games and Super Bowls. Uh, 29 regular season games. So basically, that's almost two full seasons of his career missed due to injury. Uh, He finished his career with 521 catches, 7,086 wait, 7,861 yards, excuse me, 79 touchdowns. Now, let's look at Rob Gronkowski's lengthy injury history, man. This was nuts to read. January 22nd, 2012, we have a grade three high ankle sprain in the AFC title game. He played through it, and he played in the Super Bowl, and he got surgery in the offseason. November 18th, 2012, forearm fracture that uh, required surgery. January 13th, 2013, another forearm fracture, different from the first one, that required three more surgeries, and he got an infection and it caused him to miss some um, of the next season. May 17th, 2013, he's getting an MRI on something else. He's getting an MRI on a disc problem that revealed he needed back surgery. He went to the doctor to get an MRI, MRI on something else, and then this man finds out he needs back surgery. For, like, come on, dog. This man was going through a lot. Still in 2013, though. 12, uh, December 8th, 2013. A grade three ACL tear. MCL tear. This is all in the same game. MCL tear. And a grade one concussion. This is all in the same game against the Browns. Are you serious, bro? This is only 2013. This is what, three years in? And this is what he's been dealing with. Are you telling me that I would keep playing through this? If it's me, bro, I don't know how long I would have lasted. Look, I love football and I love the money, but come on, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm broken over here. I'm broken over here. Um, Let's see, where we at now? Uh, November 29, 2015, knee strain. August 15, 2016, hamstring pull. Uh, November 13, 2016, lung bruise. A lung bruise after he got cracked by Earl Thomas. Uh, November 27, 2016, vertebral disc hernia. 
October 1st, 2017, Thigh Bruise, uh, January 27th, 2018, uh, uh, Grade 1 Concussion, AFC title game. I believe that was Eric Church that knocked him out of that game. I remember that. And then 10-14, 2018, a lower lumbar sprain and another lower lumbar sprain in the same month. Bro, Rob Gronkowski, prime example. Just so many injuries, bro, and concussion. It's like, bro, at a certain point, your body is going to start telling you no. Your body is going to be like, nah, dog, we're not doing this no more. Because you're going to wake up and you're going to feel it. Nah, we ain't doing this. I don't care how many shots you take, how many pills you pop. If you smoke a little weed, hey, that's not going to do it. That's not going to do it, bro. That pain, you can't tell. You can't handle that. Anybody, I don't care what type of freak athlete you are, but... Something like that, a career full of injuries like that, you won't last long. And I'm surprised that he lasted as long as he did. But we won't. I don't think we're going to see guys like Rob Gronkowski who will be willing to play through multiple concussions, multiple surgeries. I don't think we're going to see guys like that anymore. Iron men like that. You look back at um, what's my guy? It was a rookie, from San Francisco. He was on the Aaron Hernandez documentary as well, but I remember him. He was a good linebacker, I believe. He had a couple concussions. He said every week after every game, his ears would ring. He said that was it. That's all he needed. One season, he was gone. Retired. Gone. I think we'll see. I don't think we'll see that extremity of it. Like I don't think we're going to see a lot of a lot one a lot of one and dones, but we won't see these fifteen year careers, especially at these physical positions. And now even the quarterback position is changing. We got we're, we're going to see more Lamars, more Pat Mahomes, more Deshaun Watsons, more Kyler Murrays. The, the, these hybrid quarterbacks. That's the next wave. That wave is here, but that's going to be the next next wave. Over these coming years, the quarterback position is changing. We're not going to see the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, um, you know, these guys that stand in the pocket and throw the ball. Bro, these these youngins are using their legs and putting their bodies on the line to win football games. We're going to see more of that. And that, you know, you, you look at the quarterback position, you think that's a, that's a position of longevity. That's a position that, that, that you can't get damaged, but that's not true. That's no longer true. Um, I don't know if we're going to see more APs. I don't think we're going to see any more Frank Gores. I don't think we're going to see any more Larry Fitzgeralds, man. These guys who won't stop, who also have, you know, AP, uh, he's had his injuries. He's had his ACL, but haven't been brutally injured every year or every other year. You know what I mean? Like, but still, I don't think we're going to see guys who are going to be willing to go through that for 15 seasons of their life. Because you got to look at the end of the day, you have to see life after football. You have to understand that there is life after football. These guys have families. These guys have themselves to take care of. You know what I mean? Football is not gonna be here forever for you. But you you wanna be you wanna be able to be functioning whether you're you can walk or 
your brain is still intact after you've put your body and life on the line week in, week out for a game. You know what I mean? I think that's what a lot of these young guys are going to take into consideration. But that starts with taking care of your brother, your money. Got to take care of your money. Marshawn ain't said a lot, man. Protect your mental and protect your chicken. Take care of your bread, man, so you can have life. Always have something to fall back on when you're done with football because it's, it's, it's going to, it's, there's going to come a day when you can't do it no more and you're going to have to fall back on something. You know what I mean? So that's 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 what I learned, you know, watching Luke Keekley retire. A guy who I admire a lot, man. Good hell of a linebacker. He played in the Super Bowl and a, he was a big big part of that Panthers defense. But um yeah, man, I I think we're going to see a lot a lot more younger guys retiring, man. I I just don't see and I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but you look at this past year alone. Doug Baldwin, 30. Andrew Luck, 29. Gronk, 29. And now Luke Keekley, 28 years old, retiring from the NFL. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And finally... This last segment, the all team first finesse, uh, first finesse, fitness. Uh, I was um, this is from episode forty-four. Uh, this was when uh, the Melvin Gordon situation was going on. I was talking about the pay gap between running backs and quarterbacks. So I went through and I looked at guys' contracts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the same time that Carson Wentz got his big deal over the summer. And, um, dog, I was at work. This one I was still working at the restaurant I was working at. And it was in the, I was opening that morning. I'm taking the chairs down and everything. You know, they got TVs all over the bar area. I look up and I see Carson Wentz, this new deal. I'm like, what? Excuse me? Excuse me? I think this was the clip. I think this was the episode. I, I, I didn't remember during playoff time, uh, I wanted to grab a soundbite from this episode, and I forgot. I didn't know it was this episode, but and then I, listening back to last night, I was like, oh, it was this one. But I talked about uh, the quarterbacks, like some of the quarterbacks in their worst contracts, like the worst contracts in the NFL. Very, very comical, but serious at the same time, man. Enjoy this effort. Have been robbing teams blind since he got to the NFL. Sam Bradford's career earnings total up to $129 million, almost $130 million. Sam Bradford, never never been to a playoff game, but his career earnings are almost $130 million. Can somebody please help me understand? How is Sam Bradford? Let's just go look at the contract history, please. Let's start off with the uh, the rookie contract. So he get, he got drafted in 2010, All right? Got drafted in uh, 2010, and with the Rams, right? He got drafted away. Am I wrong? Can't be wrong. Hold up, no, no. So when did he get to Philly? He got traded to Philly in 2016, right? Right, 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 right. Right. 
Alright, all right, I know I wasn't tripping Alright, here we go, here we go, here we go I wasn't, I wasn't tripping, he didn't get the Phillies in 2015 Right, he played four years with them Right, right, right Alright So, Sam Bradford He gets drafted by the St. Louis Rams Not the Los Angeles Rams The St. Louis Rams, okay In 2011 Sam Bradford threw six touchdowns and six interceptions He played ten games Ten games Sam Bradford only has one full season of football. That was in 2012. One full season of football. In 2013, played seven games. Seven games. Seven games. 2015, he played 14 games, but he also threw for 19 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Now, 2016 was a good year. For Mr. Bradford Was that the year he was in um, Minnesota Yes Yes that was when he Wait Wait a minute No way No Yes it was the year he was in No that's a lie That is a lie That is a lie Hold on Hold on Hold on Hold on Hold on. I'm messing up 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 I am messing up Am I messing up 414 2015 2016 I'm looking Why is this Hold on Hold on Hold on Hold on I just told a lie. Don't listen to me. Everything I said. All right, all right. Yeah, 2016, he went 20 and, five, and 20 and 5. He played 15 games. That was the year. Um, he started off. The Vikings were good that year. Yeah, I remember that season. The Vikings were good that year. Yes, 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 yes. I remember that year. Because he didn't finish. Who finished that season for them? Hold up. Because I don't even remember him getting hurt that year. Hold up. No, I, I, I'm, I'm like so serious right now. I didn't even know he like. I don't remember that happening to him in 2016. That's sad, honestly, truly. All right, let's take a look at the 2016 uh, Minnesota Vikings. Wait, what? How did they? All right, let's see. Blah 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 blah. Teddy Bridgewater, right? Bridgewater got hurt. Right, right. Regular season. What did they do? Right. They started off five and one, five and zero oh that year, and they ended up losing four straight. Right, and they finished eight and eight. Mediocrity. That's what they did. Right. Okay, I remember that season now, because that's the te- that's the season that Green Bay ran the table. Yes, yes, yes. Right. All right. Okay, I wasn't losing my mind. And then you know the last two seasons he was a, what injury riddle, hurt. Dang, he didn't even play. He only played two or three games. Five games between 2017 and 2018. So, let's look at this contract. So, he comes into the league, and his his uh, rookie contract was $78 million. No way, bro. No way. No way. And 50 was guaranteed. Philly got that. And then... 2016, right? He got back to Philly. In 2016, the Vikings gave him 35 M's, 22 guaranteed. Philly would take that contract. Then in 2018, the Cardinals gave him 20. The Cardinals gave him 15 million, a 20 million dollar two year contract, 15 million guaranteed. For what? For what? For what? He didn't even play. 
I don't get it. I really don't get it. Please help me understand. Please help me understand. Somebody. Please help me understand. All right, I'm done with talking about him. That just pissed me off. Brock Osweiler. Y'all remember Brock Osweiler? Do you? Honestly. Like, with a straight face. Do you remember Brock Osweiler? I do. I remember when Brock Osweiler played for Denver. Right. I remember. He had uh, a couple of good games when Manning was hurt. Right? I remember when... Uh, you know, he had, didn't he, he played a good overtime game and scored in the snow. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw the he threw a little uh screen and running back scored for the game winning overtime. I remember that, and I guess the Texans did too. So the Texans gave him seventy two million dollars for your contract, thirty seven guaranteed. That was in twenty sixteen. Do you know what Brock Osweiler did in twenty sixteen? Brock Osweiler threw 15 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. <laughs> what? For what, bro? For what, bro? I don't understand. I don't understand. I really don't get it. Like, I, I just I just don't understand. How are these quarterbacks worth that much? And they're not good. They aren't good. They are not good quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, who else? All these guys I'm naming deserve top dollar. When Aaron Rodgers got his contract, it was well-deserved. Well-deserved. But you got guys like Brock Eiswaller getting paid. Getting paid? Stop. 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 Now let's get into some current ones. Might as well start off with the million dollar man himself, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was a, he became a starter in 2015 for uh Washington. Cuz that was he was there during the RG3 era. But he became the full-time starter in 2015. I think he took them to the playoffs that year. Um what they did Oh, that's right. They lost to the Green Bay Packers in a wild card game. I remember that. Every year he's thrown 10 or more interceptions, right? Hasn't had a QBR over 100 since 2015. Hasn't been to the playoffs since 2015. You like that. You like that. Right? And they gave him. Because he was getting franchise. See, the Redskins knew. Fran- the Redskins was just franchise tagging him every year. All right. But still paying him. Franchise tag in 2016. 19 is some change. Millions. 23 is some change in 17. Then he gets a three-year deal worth $84 million. If I wasn't a Packers fan, I probably couldn't tell you who was the starter, the starting running back on the Minnesota Vikings offense. Because you know why? They couldn't afford a good one. Because they gave all of their money to Kirk Cousins. $84 million American dollars 
went into Kirk Cousins' Bank of America account. He seems like a Bank of America person. So that's what bank he's going to bank with in my story. They went straight to his account. Didn't have to wait for it. As soon as he signed the deal, the check cleared. You can't even cash app 84Ms. They probably had to Venmo it to him. 84Ms. Somebody tell me what the Vikings record was last year. Please. Somebody somebody tell me what the Vikings record was last year. What was last year? 2018? Somebody tell me what the Vikings... Please, somebody tell me. What did they finish? Let's take a look. The Vikings were 8-7-1. 8-7-1. Didn't go to the playoffs, but y'all gave 84 M's to Kirk Cousins. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I, 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 I'm just dumbfounded here. I don't get it. I don't get it. His, his greatest accomplishment is losing to Aaron Rodgers in a wild card playoff game in 2015. And y'all thought he was worth 84 M's. But I'm not even going to put that all on the Vikings, though. Because the Jets, y'all not safe. Y'all was going to give him more. I need help. Just help us all, Jesus, please. Now, I've been waiting for this one. Let's get to the, the most recent Robin DeBank. Philly's own Carson Wentz. Now, Mr. Wentz. Right. I can't. I. I, I Carson Wentz, 2017, was his best season. In 13 games, you know, before he went down, 33 touchdowns, 7 picks. Guarantee he was going to win MVP that year. This is the year they won the Super Bowl, by the way. Last year, when Carson Wentz went down, I believe the Eagles were 5-6. and six. Carson Wentz had threw 21 picks. I mean, excuse me, 21 touchdowns, 7 picks, right? He was sacked 31 times already. Not Nothing to do with him, but, you know. And he was on pace for a good year, but the Eagles weren't. Five and six, right? Five and six. Oh, let me let me make sure I'm right here. Let me make sure I'm right because I feel like that's what – because they were on the verge of losing uh, – being eliminated. Am I wrong? It's 2018. Hold up. Let me get my let me get it right. Let me get it right. Let's go take a look. Blah 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 blah. Alright, here we go, here we go. Twenty eighteen. Regular season. Week eleven is when they he went down. That's when they lost to the Saints. Yes, they lost to the Saints. At that time, the Eagles were Hold up, hold up, hold up, I'm about to tell you One, two, three, four One, two, three, four, five, six The Eagles were four and six Four and six When Carson Wentz went down Mr. Nick Foles would return And they would play the Giants And the, 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 they would finish the season After winning one, two, three, four, five, six they won five of their last six games without Carson Wentz. And they went to the playoffs. They went to the playoffs. Beat the uh they they, they almost went all um back. They almost went all the way again. They almost did it. 
They almost did it. They had a uh, a close game. A close game. They almost did it. And I, I just... Listen, man. The Eagles were saved by Nick Foles again. The Eagles get they get saved by Nick Foles again. Almost got him to another Super Bowl. Because he tried. He did. That interception he threw really wasn't on him. That, that, it could have went either way. But they finished the season... On Nick Foles' back again. Not Carson Wentz's. Nick Foles. His back. They finished 9 and 7 with Nick Foles. Not Carson Wentz. They beat the Bears in the crazy wild card game. And they only lost by six to the uh the the uh Saints in the divisional round. They were on the on their way driving down the field, then you know the, the, the interception happened, right? Nick Foles hasn't played a professional football game in the month of January in his career. And y'all sitting here telling me that Nick Foles, Nick Foles is worth. Where's that extension? Where's the damn extension? $128 million, 66 guaranteed. Somebody who. Was about to have a lose another losing season. Four and six, another losing season was on the way for Nick Foles. I mean for uh, Carson Wentz. And y'all telling me that he is worth a four year, hundred twenty eight million dollar extension. Tim Tebow with an arm sleeve, because that's all he is. Carson Wentz is just Tim Tebow with an arm sleeve. I'll say it. I'm not scared to say it. Say what you want, but my quarterback, but. Carson Wentz is just Tim Tebow with an arm sleeve. And frankly, I'm tired of the hype. And y'all gonna see it this season. If the Eagles don't do nothing this year, Nick Foles ain't there to save him. And if Carson Wentz don't perform up to task, all team first finesse. Goddamn Carson Wentz. Man, please. Child, please. I'm tired of it. Tired of these quarterbacks, man. Getting paid when they don't really deserve it. They talking about is Dak Prescott up for a, a record breaking extension? Hell no. Dak Prescott is he up for a record breaking extension? If they pay Dak Prescott some money, I will go to the NFL and 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 enter the supplemental draft. Because listen, what was that? Twenty seventeen. Listen, I was a flag football quarterback in twenty seventeen. And I had some pretty good numbers. What did I throw? Hold on. Let's see, because I didn't start the whole season. I didn't start I because I, I took over and I called. I became the play caller, and I was called. I took up to the playoffs. We went to a championship game, not the Super Bowl. We went to the championship game, the round before the Super Bowl. But I think I threw. Hmm, let's see. I'm just spitballing here, but I'm sure I had like I had a receiving touchdown. I had like seven rushing touchdowns. And 12 touched, twelve passing touchdowns, and I want to say a smooth five picks. That's not bad. 12 and 5 for me, that's not bad. And, of course, I was on, I had to use my legs. So come on now. But I could be I could be a – I could be, you know, I could, I could take Dak Prescott's spot. And y'all talking – because, listen, y'all know damn well that that's Ezekiel Elliott's team. When Zeke was going through it, what he was going through with that suspension, it was evident that Zeke, that's his team. 
And Dak is just there. Dak Prescott is not that great. And if he gets some type of, he don't deserve it. They should be franchise attacking him. Zeke deserves all the coins. And that's T. Is Dak Prescott. Because I was at work when I saw the Carson Wentz thing happen. All I could do was shake my head. And then when I saw the following headline, is Dak next? Is he? For what? What has Dak Prescott done? Nothing. He's done nothing. I don't get it. Now, let's talk about Mr. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Y'all wonder what his contract looking like? First of all, Melvin Gordon is still on his rookie contract. His rookie contract is about to be up. It's a four-year deal. Uh, and there we have it, man. I, I hope you guys have um, you know, listened to maybe one or two couple of these segments. If you're new once again, if you're new to the show and, and really want it um like a a brief summary of what this show is or, you know, what you have missed in the past, this was it for you. But more so, this was a um, you know a celebration, man. This has been a wild a wild ride so far. Like I said, you know, I say this all the time. It's real, bro. Starting recording episode, you know, the first couple episodes of this show in the dorm, in my dorm room, but in, you know, in the closet of my dorm room, twenty dollar mic. <laughs> you know, I'm recording. I'm trying to get uh, the. Music recorded from my speaker to the microphone I don't have it No software I'm recording directly on Anchor And now here I am Home studio Got all of all the fixings I'm extremely blessed man You know My life has been interesting You know I've, I've had an interesting Past year And I've been through some things But To have this be the most cons- One of the most consistent things in my life Has been great man Like I say God I'm great but God is the greatest Um so thank you guys for listening so much, man. Uh, I'll be back next Friday. Definitely be back next Friday. Uh, shout out to Stadium Scene TV. Shout out to all the listeners, subscribers, and everybody who has been here with me since day one. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, man, that's all I got for you guys. So I'll see you next week. And for the 95th time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified.